Well, greetings to each of you, and welcome to another episode of The Shakedown, a podcast about corrections for corrections and by corrections. I am your host, Aaron Dawson. Good to be with you yet again. I hope that you are enjoying the episodes of Season 2. We want to try to keep those topics fresh and interesting and challenging to each of you. Um, I'd encourage you, if you have any thoughts or, or comments or questions, uh, please uh, send us an email uh, at shakedown at jailtraining.org. Love to hear from you. Uh, if you're enjoying this, get the word out. Get the word out to the folks that you work with. Get the word out to people that you know that are uh, in the industry or maybe just mildly connected uh, with the industry. We want to make sure that this is a resource that is beneficial to as many people as we can um, help with the resources and the topics and the things that we discuss. Um, before we jump into today's episode, I want to uh, make mention of that we are very excited to announce that the second half of the Conflict Management Techniques course is up and ready to go. Uh, the original uh, the original course um, on conflict management was for uh, administrators and supervisors, primarily dealing with conflict between supervision or administration and staff. Um, but Dr. Uh, Steve Sampson, the writer of this course, uh, he is now completed and we now have uh, available the second half of it, which is conflict management techniques for corrections officers dealing primarily excuse me, with the interactions between line-level staff, corrections officers, and inmates. And so if you are interested in getting some more information about that, uh, you think you might like to uh, host or have a training at your facility uh, or in your area, shoot us an email at training at jailtraining.org. That's training at jailtraining.org. And we would be uh, thrilled to be able to discuss with you how we can get the components of this awesome, awesome course uh, in the hands of your staff. Uh, as far as our episode today, I want to begin a series uh, focusing on sharpening our skills. And we're moving into the summer months where uh, traditionally school, whether it be a grade school, whether it be uh, college, uh, is in a hiatus, if you will, and people are uh, thinking vacations and thinking uh, spending some time with family or relaxation uh, as opposed to uh, the traditional educational model. Uh, but as we know in the field of corrections, uh, there is no hiatus. There is no time to just let our guard down. And it's imperative that we continue to sharpen those skills that we have. There is no point in our career where we're going to we're going to arrive. We're going to make it. We're going to be there where uh, we've got all the information we need. We've got all the, the the tools that we need. We have all the necessary skills developed at peak performance, and there's nothing left for us to do. Uh, I hope that's not a shock to you if you were looking for that point. I hate to rain in your parade, but uh, that's not going to happen. So I want to start a, a series on, on sharpening our skills, and I've got some interviews scheduled uh, that we're going to be doing in the next few weeks, and I'm real excited about some folks that uh, that that are very uh, wise and knowledgeable in the field to give us some tips and some ideas as far as 
what skills maybe we need to sharpen and how we need to go about sharpening those skills and, and things that we can do on a practical and a real level uh, to make sure that our skills are sharp. Before we get into to those interviews and some of those topics, I'd like to take some pieces out of a course that I did for uh, Nigel for Jelcon, oh, good grief, three or four years ago. And the name of the course is How Do I Grow? Um, and I believe that course is on Dakota, so you can find it if, if you find what we're talking about uh, interesting. You can look it up on Dakota and get the full the, the full course, as it were. Uh, but the whole point uh, of that class or that lecture on, on how do we grow is making sure that you and I do not allow ourselves to stagnate. Uh, we don't allow ourselves to say, you know what, I've arrived, I've made it, there's nothing else I need to do other than just coast through the rest of my career, coast through each shift, coast through each week, each month, each year, and just ride it out. Um, because it's as it's been said, you know, the minute we stop growing is the minute we start dying. And I certainly, certainly don't want to uh, see in my own life or in the lives of any of you a situation where we're just there. You know, we're not growing, we're not progressing, uh, we're not we're not moving forward. We're just, we're just present. And so when we talk about growing, one of the things that, uh, that I, I used as part of my research for that course was looking at the growth process in plants. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, uh, you know, up being upfront and honest, I am not a plant guy. I do not have a proverbial green thumb. As a matter of fact, uh, if you have plants that you want to grow, you probably want to keep me as far away from them as possible <laughs> because <laughs> I am not good when it comes to plants. You know, I've always said that there are three kinds of plants. There's the plants you eat, there's the plants you mow, and then the third kind is the plants that you don't mow. And I'm not exactly sure why, but uh, you know, um, maybe somebody explain it to me. But one of the things that I have enjoyed watching is, you know, my mother-in-law and, and my wife, both of them love growing and, and nurturing and, and uh, working with plants. And it's been, it's been fascinating to watch the enjoyment that they have and the knowledge that they have in the different types of plants and what this type of plant needs and where it needs to be planted and what this type of plant needs and, and the right time of year to, to plant this and to plant that and, and the expectations that go into it. But the growth process in plants provides you and I with some really awesome illustrations of some things that we can do in our own lives to make sure that we continue to have a mindset of growth. And one of the first things that you notice when you start digging into and looking into plants is that plants are equipped when they, when they grow, they are equipped with everything they need to grow. It's already inside of that, that plant. Everything they need to continue growing is already there. And, and when we look at that and we consider that as it applies to us, everything that we need to grow is already there. Everything, all the tools, all the mechanics, all the software, if you will, everything that we need to grow is already built into us, whether that be physically, whether that be psychologically, whether that be emotionally, uh, whatever the case may be, whatever uh, you want to put in there, the tools and the, and the components are already there. What we need to add is the desire to, to push forward, the desire to grow. Uh, another thing that we notice when we start looking at plants is that Plants pull in uh, from what is around them, wherever they're growing, whatever the soil, the atmosphere, the, the, the area in which they are planted, they pull in from what is around them. And so when we, when we start talking about growth and how we're going to grow, we need to kind of take an assessment and think about, all right, what is it that it's a, that's around me that, 
that is already there to facilitate and to help me grow. One of the things that one of the areas, one of the things we can think about when we talk about that is, is the environment. What is it? Where is it that we're working? Where is it that we're living? What is it that we can learn simply by observing what is going on around us? You know, working in the corrections industry, obviously we're constantly surrounded by people and we're constantly surrounded by people interacting with each other, uh, different, different, uh, tones of voice, different facial expressions, different approaches, whether it be verbal or, or otherwise, we're constantly being surrounded by things that can teach us and can help us to understand, okay, what works and what doesn't. I remember as a young, uh, as, as a new corrections officer coming into the, the field, I already had a background in, in education and in ministry and, and interaction with people. So I came in already with some, with some concepts and some mindsets and some philosophies that would help me interact with fellow staff members, my supervisors and the inmates. And it was intriguing to me things that I consider just matter of fact, this is what works and this is what doesn't. So I'm going to do the thing that works. I'm not going to do the thing that doesn't. And I'd see my fellow corrections officers making what in my mind were simple mistakes. But could it be that they had never seen demonstrated what does work? And so we need to take, uh, we need to assess and take uh, stock of what is going on around us and every interaction that we have and every interaction that we observe that other people have use that as an opportunity to learn to grow. Uh, the second thing when we talk about pulling in from what's around us is, is the amount of knowledge that is, is ingrained or is in, inside of the minds of the people that are around us. I guarantee you at your facility, you have people who have been doing this for a long time. You have people that have knowledge of things that you don't have. And the only reason that they haven't, you don't is that they've had the experience or maybe it's because they asked. Well, ask, <laughs> ask if you're facing a difficult situation, you're facing a scenario in which you don't know what to do. Ask somebody, ask somebody, I guarantee you there's somebody within your facility, within your agency or, or, or somebody that you have contact with. Maybe you've attended some conferences and you made some contacts with some other people or, or, you know, some folks in the neighboring county or whatever the case may be, reach out and ask them. Uh, and glean from the knowledge that they have that they have uh, they have gathered, and you can apply it and not have to make the mistake. So we can pull in uh, from what is around us. Another thing when we consider uh, plants is is that where they are planted makes a huge difference in the growth rate and the ability they're going to have to to be a healthy and growing plant. Now, uh, plants, you know, most uh, plants don't have the option of deciding where they're planted, whereas you and I do. But when we look at that from an illustrative uh, perspective, we can say that, all right, let's look at where I'm planted. What are the things that I have experienced personally in my life that may have nothing to do with corrections? But what are the things that I have experienced in my life that I can draw from to help me learn and to grow and to be a better corrections officer? What have I learned in my interactions with my family? What have I learned in my interactions with, you know, in my education uh, and going to school? What have I learned from maybe previous employment? What have I learned from mistakes that I've made in my own life or, or successes that I've had in my own life? What, what have I experienced that, you know, that may not be filed, if you will, under the corrections, uh, tab in our, in our mental filing cabinet, but there's lessons there that we can pull from and then we can use. Another thing we can think about is what abilities, what, what, what skill sets, what hobbies do we have that, that could, 
apply the, the things we have learned based on those abilities and those skill sets and those hobbies that have, again, may have nothing to do with corrections, but what can we apply and what we have learned and what we have, uh, what we know about those things into the field of corrections. You know, growing up, I had a grandfather that was, uh, he was a professional carpenter. He was a master carpenter. And I remember as, as a little child spending time in his shop with him and he had a, you know, he had a bucket that was his scrap lumber uh, bucket. When I would come out there to hang out with him in his shop, you know, he, he'd give me some, some wood out of that scrap, uh, scrap lumber bucket, give me a hammer, give me a little bucket of nails and tell me to go to town. And I'd be beating stuff together and trying to, you know, construct something that I had seen in my mind. And he would watch me and there'd be times where maybe he might step in and he'd say, all right, no, 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 don't do it like that. You know, don't try to put the wood together like this, put it together like this. Or maybe he'd, he'd address the way I was holding the hammer, swinging the hammer, or holding the nail or, or the specific nail that I used. Well, it's interesting based on the knowledge that I gained from just sitting under a master carpenter, how many of those skills are applicable when it comes to dealing with people, when it comes to dealing with coworkers, when it comes to dealing with supervisors, when it comes to dealing with, with inmates, having the right tool, using the tool the right way, uh, assessing the material that you have, all those, those, those common things when it comes to woodworking, they have application when it comes to dealing with people and dealing with inmates. Another thing that we want to consider is what is our personality? Now, I love to in the future, maybe do a series talking about personality and, and some uh, assessments and some things that we can do to kind of understand ourselves. Uh, but one of the things that at a basic level, the personality does is it dictates how we view what's going on around us. And it dictates how we receive and how we interact with other people and other things. And, and we're wired with a personality and that personality is going to dictate how we respond, how we interact, how we perceive. And that's going to be different probably than, than the coworker or the other inmate or, or uh, the, the housing unit of inmates or our supervisor. What strengths and what weaknesses do our personalities bring to the table? And how can we utilize those strengths um, and, and weaknesses to our benefit? Uh, the third thing we consider uh, plants is that plants pull in the resources that are available to them from where they are planted, they pull in, uh, whether it be, whether it be, uh, you know, whether it be the, the amount of sunlight they can get because of the other plants, whether it be the, the nutrients that are in the soil, uh, whether it be, uh, whatever it is that they need to grow, they pull in and they use what is available around them. And certain plants will grow better in certain areas simply because of what is available in that area. So when we consider our growth process, one of the things we want to consider is, What's available to us? What's available to us around us? What knowledge is available for us to glean? What education can we receive based on what's around us? And guys, I want to tell you, it used to be where, you know, to gain some education, you had to go to a conference or you had to go to a training. And, you know, and those, that's awesome. That's great. That's fantastic. Obviously, don't want to, uh, you know, degrade that or say that's not a good idea. If you have the opportunity, Go soak up as much training as you can as your agency will allow you to soak up. Go get them. Go to the jail cons. Go to the, the academies. Uh, go to the, you know, the, the, the taser uh, certifications. Go to the defensive tactics certifications. Go to the, the conflict resolution trainings. I mean, go to all those trainings that you can soak up. But 
due to technology, there is so much education that is available to us simply by opening up Google on our phone and start searching stuff or, or getting online. And I mean, there's stuff on YouTube. There's, there's websites. There's, there's articles. There's, there's journals. There's all kinds of material that is available at our fingertips to educate ourselves and to help equip us to continue to grow. And I challenge you, pull in those resources, utilize those resources and make, make use of them as far as our growth. And the last thing I'll say, um, in this episode, when we using plants as an illustration is, is that one of the coolest things about plants is that they pull in from the resources, they pull in the resources around, they pull in the nutrients. And as they grow, they give off fruit and they give off oxygen. And guys, when we look at our growth process, one of the most important things to remember is it's not just for us to soak information up. It's not just for us to have the knowledge in our heads. It's not just enough to that we can make the we can make a passing grade on a test if we were to take a test. That knowledge, that growth is only valuable if we apply it and we share it. If we apply it, if we should, if we put into practice the things that we have learned, if we, if we just take them out just as a knowledge out of our head and we put it into activity, we utilize the things that we have learned about that and not, and then not just utilize it on an individual basis, but share it with others, share it with others. You know, it's interesting when you think about the fact that one of the things that a plant needs is carbon dioxide, something that, that is a, is a byproduct to us is that is, that is about valueless to us, but they take something that is valueless to maybe the rest of, of nature. And they turn that into something that is needed by nature. Guys, there are people in your agency, they're frustrated, they're discouraged. Uh, maybe they, you know, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to move forward. And guys, it may just be that you and I, on our growth process, experiencing and taking things in and growing and learning, taking those things we've learned and applying them and sharing them with them, with other people is exactly what they need to jumpstart their growth process. So guys, when we, when we begin this, this series on sharpening skills, let me challenge you and let me encourage you. Don't just sit there and say, well, if I'm going to grow, if I'm going to learn, somebody is going to have to do something. Somebody's going to have to send me to a class. Somebody's going to have to give me something. Absolutely not. If I'm going to grow, it's on me. If you're going to grow, it's on you. So begin, begin by looking at what's around you. Begin by looking at the experiences that you've had. Begin by looking at the skills, the talents, the abilities, the hobbies, your personality. Uh, begin by looking at what educational resources available to you begin to uh, invest in yourself and as you gain that knowledge apply it and share it well guys we're by no means done we're just now getting started uh, in this process talking about uh, sharpening skills um, but guys I hope that just as we get this ball rolling that on this on this uh, first episode in this series that I've been able to encourage you and to uh, uh, maybe motivate you to say you know what yeah, it's on me. I've got to get in here. I've got to dig. I've got to sharpen uh, my skills. <coughs> Excuse me. I've got to take the initiative and do it. Well, guys, I'm look forward, looking forward to being with you next week and continuing uh, this this topic. And as I said, we've got some some awesome interviews scheduled uh, for the future to continue talking about this uh, this sharpening our skills. Uh, but until the next time, guys, stay sharp, stay safe, stay vigilant. 
Godspeed.